G'day folks, welcome to Pause and Listen, a podcast series brought to you by Big Dog Pet Foods, the leading pet nutrition provider in Australia with over 20 years of experience in the pet industry. We provide educational resources for pet parents and are proud of being transparent in everything we do. The podcast series is hosted by me, Johnny Manning, and we bring you interviews and deep dives into pet nutrition, pet care, training, and regular Ask a Vet segments. So thanks for tuning in. Now get your tails wagging and we'll get yapping. Radio, good day, pet owners, fair parents and lovers of all creatures great and small. This podcast is called Pause and Listen. It's a Big Dog Pet Foods podcast and a place for you to come to find out all manner of pet-related information. My name is Johnny Manning. I have an amazingly awesome guest today, the one, the only, Brittany... How are you doing? Or the pet girl. I'm going to call you the pet girl. Can I refer to you as the pet girl? You may refer to me as the pet girl. Brittany Young, the pet girl as seen online. Britt, thanks so much for taking the time to have a chat to us today. No worries at all. It's good to be here. It's always good to join the big dog family and great, chat. Oh, great to have you part of the fam. Hey, look, I don't know where to start, but um, I think I'm going to start with a question and... And this is this is something that that sort of intrigues me. Given, um, you know, uh, I've watched your your stuff online for quite some time, and and um, you know, followed some of your pages and things like that. I want to know. It's a question I've asked a couple of other guests as well, and I find it an intriguing question. What makes you bounce out of bed in the morning about what you do? Oh, that's a good one. Um, oh. Well, I have to say I jump out of bed in the morning uh, because I have an extremely loud meow at the door and it's usually <laughs> saying, feed me now. Is it the, the plant of Little Shop of Horrors? Is that what's in your house? Feed me. Feed me now. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, and yeah. every single morning I awake to the sound of the birds chirping, the sun is shining and Bullseye, my domestic short hair cat, is knocking at the door going, bang, 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 feed me now. Um, and so that's what makes me jump out of bed in the morning. But um, from like a, uh, I guess that's a literal uh, answer, <laughs> from like a, um, a more philosophical answer or a deeper answer, um, yeah. I, I just... Uh, I just think pet, the pet industry uh, and in particular dogs is uh, something that just, I don't know, just makes me get going. So I think, I think there's something about when people know better, they do better. And I think that that is real key to why anybody kind of does what they do in, in this space. And I guess I don't like the word influencer, but I'll use the word influencer um, from an influencing kind of space you kind of want to just get the message out there and you just want to get people uh, really just better educated and if people are better educated then uh, they're going to make better decisions for their pets and then that's really animal welfare is really at the core at uh, what I do and um, what I encourage other people uh, to jump on board and be a part of so yeah that's so you want to get the message out there do you Get the message out there, get people educated, uh, spread the word and, yeah, just get people enacting change. And then once people are enacting change, they're telling other people. And then, um, you know, word of mouth is the best kind of, uh, I guess, 
a way to get information across. It's like um, kind of like Chinese whispers, like gossip, like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. You just want you just want everyone to be in the know because when people are in the know um, and they do know better, then they will uh, hopefully do better. So we just don't want the result of Chinese whispers. Yeah, we just don't. You want, you want the practical application of it. You don't want the end result of Chinese whispers. Practical <laughs> application. Brett, I reckon we call you a messenger. How's that rather than an influencer? I would prefer to be a messenger rather than an influencer. Brittany Young, the pet girl, a messenger. I like that. Excellent. That You can thank me for that. Put that on your auto signature and your, your CV. You're a messenger. I'm totally, I'm totally updating my website immediately after this. <laughs> so you, you've, um, you've been a messenger for quite some time now. What, 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 what's the catalyst to kick you off? Did you wake up one morning? I mean, you know, you're, you're a long-term pet owner and I think 99% of people in the space that we're in, if we're having these conversations, we're going to be a long-term pet owner. But did you over time sort of develop this, you know, snowballing you know desire to uh, find out information search for the truth and then obviously send that message out or was it a snap decision overnight where you just woke up one morning and said hey this is what I need to do uh no definitely wasn't a snap thing um I always knew that I wanted to be in the um I knew that I, I had to work with animals. Like I knew that something was up with that and I needed to work with animals and nothing really uh, satisfied me. I'd, I've done quite a few jobs in my um, in my short 30 years and I, I just knew I needed to work with animals. But it kind of, the catalyst for me was uh, starting a raw dog food manufacturing business. Uh, yeah. And I, I didn't really, I guess that's where a lot of my uh, I need to tell the world attitude kind of came about because I started to learn things about the industry that I didn't like. I started to learn things about the industry that I just thought that the general pet owner should know. Uh, And I thought that, you know, um, I thought (laughs) I did think I wasn't that annoying to listen to. Uh, My friends and my family (laughs) tell me otherwise, but. I'll let you know in about an hour. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I, um, I mean, my voice is a bit annoying, whatever, but um, I've been told that I go all right on video. Nah, so I just um, <laughs> so I just thought that people needed to, um, people just needed to know the information that I was learning and I, I didn't really know how to do it. It just so happened at the time, Facebook was a thing. Um, and once I left the, uh, the raw manufacturing business or that space, I was like, well, hey, we really need a platform to talk about this kind of stuff. And then that kind of evolved and I got involved in different projects. And then uh, I guess from there, it, you know, there's lots of opportunities that I've had. And I guess being in that space, I've had the, I've been really privileged to meet and make connections with a lot of people in the industry. Um, And that has progressed how I can uh, communicate a message or how I can put forward a message. Um, And I'm sure, I'm sure there's no doubt we'll get into that, but yeah, it's just, I guess the raw manufacturing business was a massive eye-opener for me uh, in the fresh food feeding space, but also in, I guess, dog behaviour as well. Uh, And that's probably the core of what I do and what I'm passionate about is uh, dog behaviour and modification. So, Yeah. Why raw food? Why did you decide to start manufacturing your own raw food? So there's actually a really interesting story about this. And so basically what happened was um, I was uh, with my – my ex-husband at the time and we had two dogs I've got those dogs still currently to this day um and what had happened he was feeding a fresh food diet his vet had told him to feed a fresh food diet 
Uh, and I one day came along. I didn't really know anything. I, I just um, I had a, a dog that I fed kibble to. Uh, and uh, I said, why do you feed them this like warm like stuff? Like surely this isn't good for them. Uh, and we ran out of dog food and I went to the pet shop and went and bought a dry food. Now I can tell you the place that we lived in at the time, the, the, the colossal damage that was done from feeding our two dogs dry food for one week. It, I'm telling you right now, there's a price, there's a price tag on it. It was $5,000 worth of damage. Uh, and so wow. what had happened from two dogs that had gone from eating a fresh food diet or like a, a species appropriate raw diet to being on a processed dry food. Um, unfortunately, what had happened was uh, they had, this is legitimate by the way, they had eaten their entire dog kennel. It was a wooden dog kennel. They had eaten it. They'd shredded all their beds. They'd ripped all the plants out from the garden. They had ripped the irrigation system out of the ground and dug holes to, I can only guess China. and. It was just a total schmozzle and there was over $5,000 worth of damage. I was expecting diarrhea. And I'm That's what I was expecting that. that I'm sitting there going, oh my God. No, it's 5K worth of damage and that's a lot of money and that's a lot of damage. And so I just couldn't believe it. And the only thing that had changed in that space of time was what we were feeding them. And I think it was really, I guess, to be honest, it was, um, it was, it was a pretty big eye opener. And I think from there, yeah. I was like, we can never, ever feed them processed dry food again. Like this is just, this is not, a, this is not, a not, this is a non-negotiable. And then it kind of just happened. We realized that all that, we started telling our friends about this horrible experience that we had. And then next thing you know, um, a bunch of people were like, hey, we're pretty interested in getting the food that you get. What food do you get? And then that's when the idea sparked, hey, could we distribute a product? Uh, and so the business kind of, uh, the business brand kind of kicked in. And then next thing you know, um, it was a raw dog food manufacturing business one year later. Um, and yeah, and we didn't operate for very long, like full transparency. We didn't operate for very long. We just couldn't scale. Like we just went from manufacturing, um, you know, like our first order, our first 250 gram bag to, you know, doing half a ton to a ton of dog food a week and delivering it as well and that's a lot of dog food like that is a lot of dog food when you just got two people in operation you know doing all the sales all the manufacturing all that kind of stuff so um pretty full-on but a huge learning experience for me and also as well a huge learning experience as far as education goes about what is required in the industry um and how the industry actually operates what do you mean what is required so i guess one thing I learned about the industry was that a lot of consumers just think that pet food manufacturers are just these horrible, evil people and they just want to, they just out to make a buck and they're just out to do, you know. That's only some of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, by all means, there are definitely manufacturers out there that are shady. Like, we know this. This is not, a, you know, no names, no pointing any fingers, but seriously, <laughs> there's some, some dodgy characters out there. But. Yeah. Really, when it comes to the fresh food space, so our the commercial premises that I operated out of was uh, in New South Wales and the New South Wales Food Authority, the licensing was really hard to get. Like they were really strict about, um, you know, the preparation of offal and uh, about the recipe and, and things like that. And I remember 
Uh, so my background is um, I used to be a Queensland police officer and I was really, really into the legislation component of being um, a police officer. And I joke around with my family and we all have this joke. I was one of those police officers that was really meticulous with like what I could and couldn't do. And I was like to the letter of the law, like a dot your eyes and cross your T's kind of. So I, I don't want to be pulled over by you. <laughs> no, no, no. I was- I'm not talking my way out of a park, out of a speeding ticket with you. <laughs> Johnny, I'm telling you, you would not get your way out of a t- out of a ticket with me. There's no way. Yeah, I can tell that. I can tell that. Yeah. So I, I just, but my main, what my point of saying that is, is that I was really interested in the legislation component. So I started to deep dive into the legislation and the pet food, the Australian um, standard of marketing and manufacturing of pet food, and I was like, what the hell? This is so not consistent. This is really all over the shop. Um, but the thing was, is that a lot of people think that pet food manufacturing is just about doing it out of your kitchen. And it just wasn't. And like, I remember the food safety program that I had to create. Uh, and then I wrote from scratch, like I did everything. I researched myself. I did everything myself. Um, and it was like a bazillion pages. And like our recall strategies were like full on. Um, and there were a lot of things that I realized that manufacturers had to do. Now, there are a lot of things that um, I guess manufacturers uh, don't do and can get away with. But at the same time, there are a lot of manufacturers that are like going above and beyond. Um, and once I kind of realized that and, you know, the manufacturing business didn't, um, you know, we kind of moved on from that. I was like, hey, people need to be educated about this. And like, I really want people to understand how these like big scale manufacturers work and that they are transparent and stuff. Because I remember being in the kitchen going, Hey, I don't have any qualms with showing people what we do behind the scenes because we are so clean with this is, I remember the New South Wales food authority, like a, um, an officer actually said to us, you know, this is like way cleaner, way more organized than, um, than a, a, like a human food restaurant. Um, mm. And I had my, I had my Monica from friends moment. I was just so satisfied. Um <laughs> That is me in a character. That is right. me. She was that, that character was written about me, just so you know. Um, and I had my moment and I was like, this is like insane. Like people need to know about this. People need to know. And transparency needs to be a really big, like it needs to be a thing. Like people just need to, everyone just needs to start showing what they're doing because you know something, fresh food manufacturers can. And I don't think that other food manufacturers other pet food manufacturers can like I just don't think they can show behind the scenes because it's kind of horrific what happens um whereas fresh food manufacturers can well I guess what you're talking about is the transparency project right so you went yeah and, yeah and 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 built this program where you would actually approach fresh dog food manufacturers and say hey let me in to to see what's going on behind the scenes and you document it ask questions and then write, I guess, a report, right? And then publish that report. Yeah. So, yeah. So it actually, what it actually was designed to do, and this is full trans, this is transparency right now, is that it, it started out and people kind of thought it was a bit of a witch hunt. And I think well, that. I was going to ask you that. Is it, was it, a, was it designed to be informative or designed to be, um, you know, pulling the curtain back in Oz, you know what I mean? This is what it's really like. You know, what what was the, the the I guess, the intent behind it? So the initial motivation was like, hey, um, you know what? If you want to talk the talk, walk the walk. So if you're yeah. saying that your product is A, B and C, show us. Why not show us? And 
I think that it started off like that. And then what I realized along the journey was that uh, all these manufacturers, there was actually a really big moment for relationships to be built and for all of us to actually come together. And I think that uh, I was like, hey, we all should be working together, not all against each other. This isn't a competition. There's enough pet owners in the world or like in Australia, let's just say Australia, to all work together and all get a piece of the pie. So let's actually work together and let's build up the fresh food feeding space. Because I think there was always this thing that I can't remember what the actual stat was, but it was like only 20% of the market feed fresh food. I think that's a rubbish statistic. There is so much more than that. You reckon it's more than that? Because I think the last stats I heard would have been less than that, you know? But uh, I think you're right. It's totally, that's totally rubbish. Like, I mean... I think if you look at the fresh food feeding space alone, like our fresh food feeding group, which I'm sure you're probably going to ask a question about that. That's like, there's how many members in that? There's like, uh, you know, I think it's like 85,000 or like 75,000 or something like that. And like let me Australia in. alone. Oh, I can't let me let in. You in here. <laughs> I'm knocking on the door. I haven't been allowed in. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Went around the back. I tried, tried every year. I'm just sitting there. I'm, I'm waiting. We flagged you. We flagged you, Johnny. You don't get the comment. I, I don't blame you. It's it's a smart move on your behalf. Yeah, yeah. No riffraff in there. We run a tight ship in that group. So <laughs> no, no riffraff. But like, I think if you look at that space, like it's got like 85,000 members or something or other, something ridiculous like that. And I think a lot of those members are Australian. It's a predominantly Australian group. Like you can't tell me that, you know, I'm sure that the majority are feeding a processed dry food, but pretty much everybody that I know in my life is at least supplementing some form of fresh food to their dog's diet. Um, and I think that the space is a lot bigger and I think that we can work together. And I, it start, whilst the Transparency Project started off as a like, hey, walk the walk kind of thing, it was then like, hey, I've got to build these people up. Like these people need to know, like, we need to work together. I want to build these people. I want to showcase them. I love what these people are doing and I love the passion behind it. And I have to say, one of my favorite moments in doing this whole thing was um, I sat down with Chris uh, from Big Dog um, and I just roasted him for like six hours or something ridiculous. And we just got to the end of it and I was just like, this has been the greatest day of my life. Like, thank you so much. Um, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to be able to talk to you. And I'm so just seeing his passion and laughing with him and, and, and whatnot, just it kind of just solidified like that we just need to all work together and there's a lot of room for us to all work together. And so, yeah, that's it kind of, you know, eventuated into that a little bit more. Yeah. Wow. No, that's it. Yeah. It's, 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 I don't know whether to believe those statistics. I've seen the latest unemployment statistics. I don't believe those either. So I think we can, we can put a pin in those statistics. So, how many how many manufacturers have you been to see? So the project's been on the back, but obviously COVID stunted it um, massively uh, and I couldn't go yeah. anywhere. So um, I, my goal was I want to hit the major pet food manufacturers first because I want people to take it seriously. So the main ones that, um, that I sort of went, uh, like not went after, that's a bit of a witch hunt kind of language but the main ones that i that i hit the police officer coming out and you <laughs> the main ones that i uh britney the pet girl now targeting uh no it's a shame. Uh, 
So yeah. I went, uh, you know, I went for Prime 100, um, which was obviously Prime Pantry as well. Uh, obviously, you guys, Big Dog, which is Leading Raw and a, a bunch of other um, stuff in there. Uh, Frontier Pet Foods, um, Proudy was another one that I was pretty passionate about. I reached, yeah. uh, yes, I said Frontier. I reached out to um, a couple of other manufacturers in Queensland um, and it kind of just got delayed for a really long time. So I don't know if they're actually doing renovations or if they are actually, they actually don't want me there. I don't really know. Um, yeah, I reached out to Dr. B's Bath. So for those of you that don't know, that's yeah. not owned by Dr. B anymore um, or Dr. Yeah. M Billinghurst. Um yeah, and that was a no-go. I couldn't go there. Um, there's a couple of other manufacturers that, you know, sort of said no. But I did have a lot of smaller manufacturers that actually reached out to me and were like, hey, come and see us. We want to see – we want yeah. you to come here. Like, we really want yeah. you to come here. And, yeah, so. Because obviously you've got that platform where you can provide a hell of a lot of uh, visibility for their pro product as well. So it would be a great thing for you to come. Yeah, yeah, I think now so even more so. And my goal has always been to revamp that project. Um, obviously, just with COVID, it just didn't happen. I tried to revamp it last year when COVID sort of was, you know, going down and whatever. And then it just, just everyone was just catching up. So it was just, a, it was just a really hard time. So hopefully, twenty twenty three, we can get, I can start getting back out there and start getting around, uh, getting around Australia. I'd love to get around Australia, and I would love for any manufacturers that want to open the doors to me um to you know to reach out because i think there are a lot of people out there that i get emails or um messages all the time about this project and people are like did you do this place have you done this place can you do this place um i guess the thing though is that it's kind of subjective like i mean ugh, it's everybody's going to have a different opinion and what i think is relevant and important might not be the case for somebody else like i think in I wanted to make it as subjective as I possibly can, but yeah, it's just one of those things where just because I go and visit a manufacturer, I mean, they could just have their their ducks in a row for a day. Like it's not, do you know what I mean? There's like preparation involved. My goal was though was to really highlight the passion behind the product that people are creating. Yeah, and I think once you read, you know, something you've written or see one of the videos you've posted, that's actually quite evidence so if someone who does think it's it's more around um you know going to f try and trip someone up it's actually not it's it's almost the exact opposite it's about going to pump them up i i want to that's that is you're you're bang on there you are bang on i want to blow people up not i'm not here to rip you down like my goal is to support the fresh food feeding space not work against it so um for me commercial manufacturers are they're a they play such an important role in the fresh food feeding space because we want these manufacturers to be the entry point for people to cross over. We want the stuff to be convenient um, because kibble is convenient. Like, let's be honest, it's so easy just to put in a pantry and scoop it into the bowl. We want fresh food manufacturers to be the entry point um, into, like, into the fresh food feeding space. And if people go on to do a DIY diet or, or whatever or do a hybrid, whatever, like, but commercial manufacturers are the backbone of the fresh food feeding space, and we want them. We want more options available to people um, at did different price points as well. Did you ask any kibble producers to go in and check out their operation? Do you know something? No, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm not interested. Yeah. I don't care. I don't. I can't in good faith. <laughs> Honestly, 
I can't, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm so blunt about this. Um, I can't in good faith recommend a kibble to anybody. Like, I just can't. Like, if someone asks oh, me you? what's a good well, I, I, I'm, I'm just being genuine. Like, I can't. And I've had people ask me for the nutrition consult and ask me to help them analyze a kibble, and I just won't do it. Like, it's just, it's not in my interest. It's not in my, um, because I don't believe that any dog should be on a kibble diet. I really don't. And I, and I can't, like I said, I can't in good faith tell someone that a kibble is good because that's, that's subjective. Like what you think is good is going to be different and what every dog needs is going to be different. Um, It's just like when someone says to me, what's the best raw manufacturer? I can't give you that answer. What I can tell you is what I like about manufacturers and what I look for in a product. And then you take that information and apply it to your own situation. That's going to be important. Well, that's, because you're a messenger, not influencer. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that so much. I'm going to use that. <laughs> the pet girl, and I'm going to get the messenger under the bottom. There you go. Yeah, but it's true. I mean, you know, anything else? I mean, you know, you're just stopping short of a paid advert, otherwise, right? If you're saying, yeah. you know, so I think you know by by Utilizing the, you know, the almost the criteria that you set up with your particular, um, you know, projects or, or individual um, meetings, you then are able to extrapolate some information, which then you can give on and say, these are the things that I was looking for, and this is what I found out. Now go make your own, you, an informed decision yourself. Yeah, and I think that when you're looking at a fresh food manufacturer, like people ask me all the time, well, what, what, what do you look for? And I go, well, okay. The things that I look for first and foremost is I look at the ingredients and I look at the ingredient list and I think, okay, how, what, you know, what, what does that ingredient list look like? Are they using synthetic vitamins and minerals to bridge the gaps? That's a question that I want to know. And just because they are using synthetic vitamins and minerals, it's not a big deal, but I just want to know that kind of stuff. Because if yeah. they are, then I want to know how is that how's that getting tested? Like how did they are they meeting particular nutritional standards? You know, like is it AFCO NRC balance? Like not that that for me is even important. Yeah. talk to me about AFCO. Like what 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 sort of importance do you place on on the AFCO standards? How's that that response to that question? Oh, I just, the whole complete imbalancing makes me proper infuriated. Like it's just, it's Why? such a, it's such a dumb concept um, because I think it's such a silly concept. And I think the reason why it's silly and I'll tell you why is because those standards are set for dogs to like survive, like just survive, like just scrape through and survive. Like it's, we're not looking at dogs to thrive. And I think that, there's going to be very there's going to be so many variables to that so what i like about a standard is that people have a standard to work towards that i'm totally on board with what i don't like is that people are so obsessed with it that they are so fearful to feed outside of that that is a thing i don't like so no it's i think it's important that we i i said afco it's the American Association of Feeding Control, which is an American body that has developed a certain standard of, I guess, our content that should be in pet food. But I think, you know, even it's at its inception, it's probably not 
it, it wasn't conceived by people who had the best interest of animals at heart, in my opinion. Well, the, the other thing too is that I can get a piece of pizza and get synthetic vitamins and minerals and dump it on a piece of pizza and go, hey, if I feed this every single day to my dog, my dog's going to meet the AFCO minimum exactly. standards. And you can literally yeah. make any piece of food, anything ever. Like I could get this piece of paper right now and get synthetic vitamins and nutrients and add it to this piece of paper and rip it up into tiny pieces and have my dog eat it if they ate it, which they probably... I think some manufacturers actually do that. <laughs> That's called kibble. Nah, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. Nah, nah, nah. No hate, no hate, no shame. Um, but... Really, that's the truth of it, right? So the thing that you've got to think about is that you can make anything complete and balanced if you add a synthetic and vitamin and mineral mix. Now, is a dog going to thrive from a synthetic vitamin and mineral mix with a piece of cardboard or like, you know, a piece of pizza? No, they're not. They, that's not what their digestive system is designed to consume. And what we need to think about, it goes so much more beyond uh, meeting nutrient like minimums it's there's so much that, like there's so many things to consider you know like synthetic vitamins and minerals don't uh, aren't utilized in the same way that real nutrients are and so what that's something that we need to think about so when I'm thinking about a fresh food product one of the things that I do think about is does the company have synthetic vitamins and minerals if they do not a big deal but hey can are those synthetic vitamins and minerals, like what's the percentage? You know, like I know Frontier Pet Foods, when I visited them, I don't know what it is now, it might have changed. They had like, they had they added synthetic vitamins and minerals to meet the minimum standard of, I think, NRC. And it was like, I said, well, what's the percentage that's in there? And they're like, oh, it's like less than 1%. I'm like, okay, well, that's totally cool. That's totally fine. You've got so many other things going for you in that product. You know, your product's organic, it's from free range farms, it supports the you know banning of factory farming like there's so many other great things going on with that product um yeah. the other thing that i look at is obviously transparency with the company um what are the quality and ingredients um you know is it just chicken carcass that is a big question in a lot of people's minds because when we see uh chicken finely ground bone and cartilage a lot of people you know are thinking chicken breasts and stuff and it's often not it's often chicken carcass so what we want to know is like what's the quality of the ingredients that are actually going into the food. That's the next one. Yeah. And then finally, the main things that I want to see is are they operating out of a commercial space? Because so right. many people just are operating out of their kitchens or doing something like that. Do they have insurance and licensing? And number three, what is their recall strategy? Because yeah. believe it or not, we don't require necessarily to have a full-blown recall strategy. It's recommended, but there's not depending on your licensing and what state and what state authority um, you are operating out of, uh, you know, in New South Wales, we had to have a recall procedure because of the awful factor, but it yeah. changes from state to state depending on the food licensing. So it's not mandatory, which means that it's voluntary. Uh, and I would like to know that the pet food that I am feeding, like what, if something goes wrong, what do they do about it? And there's nothing yeah. I hate more in the entire world then a manufacturer, when something goes wrong, they just don't take responsibility and they panic and they scramble and they go all weird on social media and they go all defensive. Just do the waitress thing that we have to do when you're a waitress and you go, oh, my gosh, I'm sorry I made a So sorry. Let me rectify that. Let me rectify that for you. <laughs> yeah. How, can, how yeah. can I make your day better? What can I do yeah. to make your day better? Yeah. Boom. No, that's, that, that's a really good point. 
And and it's a really good point that I think, you know, certain um, corporate entities miss that point. They get too worried about saving face rather than actually just fixing the problem and identifying there's a problem, admitting it, and then fixing it and moving on. Well, just think about it if it's your dog. If your dog's gotten sick of a product, you want answers for it. Matt, here's the thing, though. This is the thing. You go to McDonald's and you have a really crappy double cheeseburger and your chips are crap, right? I guarantee you 100 bucks that you will go back to McDonald's and you will have another double cheeseburger with chips in there because you know that it might be better next time. But you might go back to that McDonald's. Might not go back to that McDonald's, but let me tell you, you're still eating double cheeseburgers, right? That ain't changing. Probably. Yeah. So here's the thing though, right? Here's the thing. With manufacturers, people are so rogue. Like they get one thing that's wrong. Like things happen. Like it's it's not a big deal. Do you know what I mean? Like if something's in the food that shouldn't be in there, just let the company know. You don't need to destroy the business on social media because yeah. one thing went wrong. And if the manufacturer is doing the right thing, then they'll handle that in an appropriate way. And hopefully it doesn't cause for a an uphaul. I was in a uh, airline lounge once years ago and um, I went to get some salad, just, you know, those open salads and I started eating it and I was like, felt this crunching. It's a cockroach, isn't it? No, no, no. It's like granular. And I'm like, it's like almost like sand. I looked in there and there's a piece of bloody porcelain from a broken bowl. In oh, my salad. what? And I was like, oh man, what do I do? So I, um, you took them down. No, I didn't. I, I went over. I went over to the um to the counter and I said, "Look, I'm not going to make a big deal out of this, but obviously, someone's dropped the bloody salad. The bowl's broken. They've scooped it up and put it back in there." I said, "Number one, this is floor salad. <laughs> Number two, there's broken there's broken bowl in my bloody food, right?" And they were, they were mortified, absolutely mortified, right? So anyway. They've, they've, can we get your name and number? I'm like, yeah, no worries. I said, look, you know, just get it off the bloody, you know, take that so people aren't eating bowl, you know. They're not eating Royal Dalton. And, and uh, so that might have been on a Friday. On the Monday, I'm back at home and I get a call and it's from the head of the lounge. And he's like, this is, you know, I don't know, Darren, head of the lounge, you know, I know you had a problem on, yeah. <laughs> I know you had a problem on Friday and I just wanted to see, you know, follow up with you. How you doing? I said to him immediately, I was so fast. I said, yeah, well, actually, I got discharged from hospital this morning. I'm actually doing a lot better now. Thanks very much. And there was dead silence on the end of the phone. <laughs> dead silence, right? And then I said, ah, I'm just joking with you, mate. I'm okay. And he said, oh, my God, you just gave me a heart attack. <laughs> and anyway, he, he was like, look, he was like, I'm so, so sorry. What can we do? And I said, and I sat there and I thought, actually, I said, mate, um, my platinum membership is expiring in one week. I said, renew that for a year. And he went, done. <laughs> he said, done. <laughs> the moral of this story is, by the way, can I just say that as a fellow ex-hospitality, I used to manage restaurants and like, let me tell you, every single person in hospitality just resonated with that story right now because I think every person in hospitality is gone. I've just dropped the meal and the kitchen's got an hour away. What do I do? You know what you do? 
you take it back, chuck it in the bin, walk over to the customer and say, I'm so sorry, there's been a delay with your food. Can I buy you a round of drinks? <laughs> That's what you do. That's what you do. The moral of the story is, is that if a pet food manufacturer stuffs up their food, what you need to do is ask for a one-year supply of free dog food. <laughs> I'm not advocating that as a, as a response, but uh, it's probably a cheap way out of it. <laughs> it is. This is the thing, though. Like, I think, on a serious note, I think that if manufacturers just spent less time trying to be combative and defensive about things, and I have, I have honestly learnt that um, through, you know, I've had the privilege of being able to not only work in hospitality, work in customer, like even being a police officer, like a lot of the stuff that you do is, you know, conflict resolution. Um, and also in the pet space, like, and manufacturing space and then the dog training space, like there's a lot of things that I do where it's sometimes you're going to make a mistake and that's part of human nature, but the way that you deal with that is how the person's going to remember it moving forward. And I think if manufacturers just spend a little less time getting so defensive about things, then maybe it would get re resolved a lot faster. And then also we want to raise the bar and raise the standards. So if yeah. your product has gone out and it's crap, you want people to tell you about it because you don't want that circulating and people going, oh, I had this really bad experience with this product and I'm never going to use it again. You want to be able to have the opportunity to rectify your problems. And, um, yeah, and so I think a recall strategy is really important in that sense because um, it allows manufacturers to have that opportunity to do something about a problem. Feedback is a gift. It really is. So, you know, so whether it's, um, you know, as long as it's constructive, whether it's negative or positive, you, you, you take that uh, feedback as constructive and then you act upon it. Um, so. You, you, you're wanting to reboot and, you know, re, uh, recharge the transparency project this year. Um, have you got a list yet or you look, you're looking for uh, people to, as you said before, contact you or, or where to next with it? Yeah, there's a couple of manufacturers that I do want to get out there um, and have a look at. I definitely want to get back to you guys at Big Dog. Um, I think the whole project needs a bit of a revamp anyway. So I'll probably go back to all the people that I've already done. Um, I know yeah. Prime 100 pretty keen for me to get back there as well um, and just see what they're doing. Everybody's like, okay, that project started a couple of years ago. Like everybody's got new stuff going on. So just, um, you know, and things have changed, you know, times have changed. And it would be really good to do a revamp on all the major ones again and just sort of see how everyone survived after COVID, how everyone's going and um, and just touch base with the team and get get back to that passion and, and you know. Um, obviously, my time's a little bit limited in terms of, you know, that's obviously a, a project that I do in my own spare free time. Um, and so, you know, other, there are other priorities and stuff in my life currently um, with my job and things like that. So I just need to, yeah, it's just going to be a bit of a balancing act for 2023, I think. Well, just on that, give, give me a, a day in the life of the pet girl. So a day in the life of Pet Girl, things have changed a lot. Uh, I, as of this year, I started working full-time with Antinol Australia, um, which I'm pretty passionate about. Um, and, yeah, so I work full-time with those guys. I also operate uh, the Pet Girl uh, in a private training capacity uh, and also as well that dog school, which is uh, myself and another uh, certified dog trainer, Julia Terry, my business partner, um, and we operate group classes uh, on the Gold Coast. 
So I'm very, I've got lots of plates spinning at the moment. Um, my passion is obviously pet health and well-being, but um, I, I really love dog training. I've got a huge passion for dog training um, and I love, I absolutely love uh, behaviour modification-based stuff. I love running group classes. Um, but, yeah, the the fresh food feed, feeding space and the wellness space, um, especially with Antinol, has been really great. That's been fantastic. Um, but, yeah, the, I would love to get back into the fresh food feeding group. I know the group misses a lot of my ridiculous dinner bowl breakdowns, my live videos <laughs> in my pyjamas with my glass of wine. So I need to get back into that, I think. Oh, Brett, it's been – well, you know what? Um, I'd We'd love to have you back on this um, once the Transparency Project and once things are sort of post-COVID back up and running again. But I just wanted to really – you know, show our gratitude for having a chat with us today. It's been awesome, Britt. How how can people find you on online? What are your uh, what are your handles and your tags? What are my deets? So um, you can find me online uh, if you if you want to tag me on Facebook or you want to see my page on Facebook. It's at I am the pet girl. So on Instagram at I am the pet girl. Um, if you want to go on my website, it's thepetgirl.com.au. Um, and for the fresh food feeding people out there, uh, we do have a group which is called Fresh Food Feeding for Dogs Kibble Feeders Welcome. Uh, and that group is run by myself and um, other another animal nutritionist, Sasha Packer from The Balanced Canine. She's a, a huge uh, wealth of knowledge and she's um, been doing a lot of work in that group in the last couple of years while I've been semi-absent. So, yeah, you can find me in that group or you can find me at Antinol. I'm at Antinol Australia as well. So I'm all over the place. All right. Well, I just want, uh, I want to ask you one more thing um, just quickly. Yeah, for a, a new dog owner, top three tips, go. Oh, whoa. Uh, number on. one, feed a species appropriate diet. Yep. Hire a shit hot dog trainer, number yep. two. Number like three. Yeah, like the like, like like the pet girl. <laughs> doesn't need to be me, but doesn't need to be me. But just hire someone that knows what they're doing, please. The love of yeah. God. Um, yeah. and number three would have to be biologically fulfill your dog, utilizing play and provide clarity as much as you can. Boom. How was- I love those three. That's awesome, Britt. It's been great chatting to you today. Thanks so much. Thanks this so much, Johnny, uh, for having me. Oh, look, anytime. So this has been Pause and Listen with Brittany Young, the pet girl. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, whatever platform you're listening on, and get on there and give me and Britt a five-star rating because I reckon we deserve it for today, Brittany. Bloody so, uh, I, I, think think we, I reckon that's a five-star podcast. Hey, uh, thanks so much. We hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me, Johnny. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. For more information and content, visit the Big Dog Pet Foods website. Please note that the information discussed in these podcasts is general in nature and has been provided in good faith for educational and informational purposes only. The information provided is not, nor is it intended to be, a substitute for professional advice or care. If any of the topics discussed raise questions or concerns for you regarding the health of your pet, We recommend that you consult your veterinarian or trusted pet health provider for an individual assessment and advice. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.